3: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: The old road. Start the 204 DGS around. on KMOX. We have Mike Bush is going to join us at 2.30. We're kind of doing a little mini-series of uh, television colleagues. So If there's anyone you'd like to uh, hear us interview, just uh, reach out and let us know. Uh, thank you for the Bigfoot email. Lots of people making fun. That was good. Uh, making fun? Uh, you know, like, oh, uh, here's Bigfoot. You know, that oh, kind of thing. I, <laughs> I, I... I found her and then sent a picture of their wife. Oh, um, no. Yeah, you know. You know, how, you know how non-Bigfoot people are. They're mean to their wives. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a Bigfoot hunt, and I was just saying that uh, if you have, like, a big farm where you've had activity and stuff, let us know. Maybe we'll come out to your place. Um, speaking of Bigfoot... <laughs> I don't know how that's an Alabama <laughs> reference, but uh, <laughs> Alabama's actually famous for for having white Bigfoot, and that's not a joke. <laughs> really? No, oh, okay. That's really their is. thing?
2: Yeah. Like a, like a, what do you call it? Um, kind of like the... Uh, albino? Like the albino crocodile type thing, that kind of thing?
4: More, li- yes, but more like the uh, abominable snowman on Rudolph. Hmm. Oh, okay. the yeah, bumble. Sort of that color. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I did not know that. Bigfoot, that's a thing? The, the thing, Bigfoot that doesn't season his food. Does he have a special name? Like you know, like some of them, like Skunk Ape or whatever. Does he have no, a special? name? Just... no,
4: no. The Al- the Alabama White Thing actually T A N G. Yeah, all right. yeah. The Alabama White Thing.
2: Oh, did not know that. that I, I got to like Google a, that. God, Dave's
4: I'm making up. I'm enough. full of facts, man. It sounds like a
2: really good band from the seventies. The Alabama
4: White Thing. <laughs> the things. Alabama White Thing. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Alabama, take it away.
2: Yeah, I, there's a lot to get to. There's a lot going on in Alabama right now, but there was one that caught my attention. Um, and I'm sure it's, it's it's like headline news all across the country, but the, the Alabama Supreme Court just ruled that embryos in labs are children. So for people who can't have children on their own or they, they're having difficulty, obviously they go through in vitro fertilization. In that process, you're going to fertilize more than you're going to give birth to. Like that is the process you need to have a lot of options because sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it doesn't take. I'm not an expert in this. I have had family members go through the process, but that's basically now outlawed in Alabama. Mm. Because those the one there are going to be unused embryos in the in vitro process. That is absolutely a part of it. You can't just do one at a time. It's not efficient. It's I mean it's it, I don't even understand I don't understand it very well, but I know that that's just not how it works. So essentially this ruling means that Obviously, you know, there are the broader implications for um, just, you know, w- when life begins, right? I mean, that whole thing. But the embryo is not yet implanted. It has not, you know, it, it just exists in a lab. They have been, the, the Supreme Court in Alabama has ruled that that is now a child with the same protections that any child would have, which means you can't destroy them if you're not going to use them.
1: So they which just means in vitro. vitro
2: yeah, well, I, I, I no one know. knows. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, mean, I think we're in a middle ground now. Where does that mean that the people that that signed up for in vitro, you have to have the children, or you're breaking the law? Well,
4: it's all been stopped now. Right, right. And so it was uh, originally cases that were brought by couples that uh, a facility threw their embryos away, right? And oh. Shouldn't have. And they sued. Mm. And then it's, well, what are you suing for? Right. Are you suing for property? Or are you suing for children? Right. And the Supreme Court ruled that, no, these these are not property. They're not chattel. They're not objects. They're children. Mm. And that put a complete halt. So people who are going through IVF have, have been stopped in Alabama.
2: My guess is, too, right, you can't just re- apply that retroactively. So you can't just say now that anything that was already done is now a crime.
4: It's not what's being done so far because now there's a question, well— Prior to this, everyone would agree that these are the property of, of, the couple. of the couple. Right, But now this child has its own rights, and who's going to look out for its interest? Do you appoint a lawyer? Do you have a commission? And so everyone's just really scrambling around trying to figure out what to do with their hands right now.
2: And it's a fascinating time there, too, because th- this is all happening around the same time, is that the chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court this a guy named Tom Parker, He just went on a podcast that's run by a guy who is big time, I mean openly, not secretly, openly massive QAnon guy who also subscribes to a belief system that says that it's, I think it's called the Seven seven Mountains belief system, but essentially it is that Christians should impose fundamentalist views on all aspects of life in the United States. And the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court was on the podcast with this guy and agreeing with this ideology, hmm. and then you combine that with this ruling, which is clearly based in religion. Right? I mean, there's no science that says an embryo is a child.
4: I don't know. That I've, is a I've belief. Read that opinion yet? That, yeah.
2: Th- there's no there is, Well, if there was, th- that's not been a part of any of the discussions regarding mm-hmm. abortion. Right? Science has not made a determination on that it is a belief at this point and that's where what the debate is with all of these things is where do americans as a whole come down on the belief yeah and then how do we act on the beliefs who who believes what and i find it fascinating that these two things are happening at the same time in, in, in involving the supreme court of alabama and then when does the us supreme court step in
4: I would think very quickly.
2: I would think there are going to be lawsuits pretty fast on this yes. on this ruling that we're talking about. Yes. But I I find that really disturbing that someone who is the chief justice of a state supreme court is sharing ideology with someone who believes that any group should impose their belief system on any on anyone else. Because even within Christianity there are differences. Mm-hmm. Baptists are not uh Episcopalians and they are not Catholics and they are not, you know I mean? Like they're all a little bit different. So who's, who's right? Who gets to decide which rules that we're imposing, but you've got a a person who's supposed to be an officer of the court who is, and by the way, in his ruling on this, that we're talking about quoted the Bible, which that's not your job. Your job is to cite the law, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. So um, this has. I mean, I don't, you agree. This will definitely go to the U S Supreme court. Absolutely. And then the question is just how fast. Like, yeah. who who has the standing to sue? Yeah, they don't then, have
4: to take any case, but they have to take this case. You ha-
2: I mean, you can't have a state. Right, right, right. Because this
4: isn't the last one. It's sort of like when, I forget who was the first state to bar uh, Trump, Colorado maybe. Right, right, And then Maine did it, and then someone else did it. That's what's going to so happen. So you got to take it, That's right. what's going to happen with this. You're going to have other states, probably southern states, conservative states, uh, make similar rulings.
2: Fundamentally, aren't those two things very similar? This kind of imposition of your beliefs, kind of what Colorado did when mm-hmm. it comes to the president insurrection. Because, because it has not been proven right. in a court that the that the former president engaged in insurrection. Yeah. it's been talked about, it's been suggested, it's been reported on, but he has not. It has not been proven, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it, you can believe what you want, and there's a lot of evidence to sort through. But nobody has convicted him of being a part of an insurrection. They're going on a belief. Yeah. And in this case in Alabama, you're going on a belief. You are not going on anything that has been
4: proven. Rachel, you're the only one capable of carrying a child here. How does this hit you?
0: It's complicated. I mean, I see why in this original case, it's tough because it's like you want to have it both ways. Whenever someone throws away your embryos and you are supposed to keep them safe, then yeah, I do see why they would go at that from the standpoint of like, these are my potential children that you just threw out and the pain and the financial hardship that puts them through. I mean, there's a there's a ton to consider there. But then at the same time, like Wheels has said, An embryo is not scientifically categorized as a child. You can freeze an embryo, for example. You can't freeze a baby. Well, how about this
4: little piece of law school logic? If you are going through IVF in Alabama and they say, no more, we're stopping this until we know what's going on because these things that you've created are children. Well, then my argument might be, okay, well, these are my children then. How dare you... Uh, anyone, judge, state, policeman, have a say over my children. If these are my children, then I, I get to have uh, ward over them, not you.
2: Yeah, but they wouldn't let you kill them.
4: No, but they're also not going to know because we don't go to everyone's house and check and make sure you haven't killed your kids today. No, that's a good point. That's
2: you know? a really good point. And it, the whole thing is really fascinating because, first of all, the idea— it, I'm 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 assuming, and I'm, I don't think I'm stretching here, that the the ideology behind this is a pro-life ideology. Correct. Mm-hmm. These are people that are
4: trying to have children. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the ironic part, and and that's who it's really really affecting. And and, and
0: and I would like to say I know Christians who are pro-life who have gone through IVF. Yeah. So oh. I don't. Yeah. Yes, I know a decent amount no, of people. No, this is not a monolithic no. thing. No, not at all.
2: I mean, the United what 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 percentage of the United States identifies as Christian? Is it like two thirds? I'm Probably not sure. It's something, there. and in Alabama, maybe higher. Yeah. You know, so most of the people affected by this. You're
4: keeping people, you're keeping would be, humans from being born.
2: Right. But also people that will be raised Christian in one way or another, most likely. Not, not or at least highest percentage, right? So let's say it's three quarters. Of the population and three-quarters of the people that are pursuing IVF.
4: What's really interesting is – so we had uh, the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade. It goes back to the states. Right. We know that the Republicans and especially MAGA are going after a federal ban. So if I'm Chief Justice Roberts, I'm smart enough to be looking at this and saying, "Okay, boys – Strap them on because this is is the whole shooting match right here, that when we make a determination whether an embryo is a child or an embryo is property or whatever we decide an embryo is, that is going to really be the basis because then let's say they they say that an embryo is indeed a child. They agree with the Alabama Supreme Court and then the uh, Republicans win. And they're able to put through a federal ban on all abortions. Well, yeah, because you are obviously killing a child
2: based on that because ruling, if right. an
4: embryo is a child, then a fetus is a child and a fetus of any you know number of weeks, one to 20 to 40. That's a child. And the opposite, I think, would be true as well. That if the Supreme Court, the current Supreme Court we have says, no, Alabama, an embryo is not a child. Maybe a fetus is, but an embryo is not. That's going to make it more difficult to have a federal ban
2: do they have to rule on that element can they just rule that we're not taking a side on that determination um so we're basically saying the state can make its own rules could they go in that direction where we're not going to rule on that particular issue
4: i don't see how they could
2: right And, and it's and then but again think about all the broad aspects of this are young people in the state of alabama gonna stay there I mean, like, are you going to stay in a place where that? Because I, I read recently, the governor of Mississippi is like, we're losing. He, he's saying in a public speech, we're losing our youngest people. They're all leaving the state, um, and you know what? What can we do about it? And what somebody replied was, well, you got to have policies that young people are going to follow because otherwise, they don't want to be in your state. This,
4: this also, and and look. Please don't take this as me holding myself out to be like Chet or Brad Young because I'm not like either one of them when it comes to the law because I haven't practiced in over 20 years. But my legal mind says that that Roe v. Wade was overturned largely because it was considered a privacy right and those are not enunciated in the Constitution. Right, right. Well, Justice Alito and Justice Thomas openly speak regularly about how they think the same applies to gay marriage. And that that case should come before the Supreme Court. Well, now you're talking about, you know, the Dobbs decision uh, being about privacy rights having everything to do that if uh, an anti-gay marriage law comes before the Supreme Court and Alito and Thomas and whoever might agree with them would have the chance to overturn that for the same reasons. So deciding whether an embryo is a child or an embryo or property is going to have an effect on whether gay people can get married in the future. It's all kind of related when it comes to these issues of privacy. Yeah. And, the, and the real
2: core bottom line of this is really none of these issues.
4: Well, you know, also just I understand that Republicans have their 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 morals. And again, they're not monolithic. It, right. Both parties are a big tent. personally, I think they should be much bigger, but they're big tents. But... People have talked about the Dobbs decision as the the dog that, that caught the car. And now what are you going to do with it? Well, imagine if in addition to that, they even go after much less overturned gay marriage. I mean, you're really making yourselves exceedingly unpopular with a large part of the country. Yeah. Not everyone. And your 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 hardcore constituents may love it. But is that going to be enough for you to keep holding on to power?
2: Yeah. And I, and I think, again, the core issue on this isn't religious or even political it's very simply who's allowed to decide for other people what they are allowed to believe and do that's really that the core of the question
4: Coming up at the uh, bottom of the
0: hour, we have our pal Mike Bush from News Channel 5. Uh, throwback Thursday? Yes, uh, it's all pretty recent throwbacks today. 44 years ago, like Wheels was saying earlier in 1980, the miracle on ice happened when the U.S. finally beat the Soviet Union in hockey, winning by a score of 4-3 to in the 13th Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York.
4: How much better were they than us? Oh, my God. I mean, that Russian like, team. Like, analogize it to baseball.
2: It would be like, um, God, I I would say it's it's maybe like a college team facing the Major League Baseball All Star team.
4: Wow, I did I had no idea it was that bad.
2: I mean, these were all college kids, so a college All Star team is what the U.S. team basically was, and the Russians were were grown and professional men. They were in, they were coming touring the the North uh, North America smoking NHL teams and I think they beat the NHL All-Stars.
4: And was it looked back on as fluky?
2: Or? Um yeah, pretty much. I mean,
4: I mean, it, we obviously earned our spot in the finals.
2: Yeah, if anybody hasn't watched, um there's a there's a there's a documentary about this from the Russian perspective which is really interesting. Mm. Um because this basically led to the end of Russian dominance. The whole organization fell apart to a degree. Um, but it's called Of Miracles and Men, and it's really good because you're seeing from their end what a big surprise it was. Like, for them, this was automatic, no question, no problems, and when they lost, I mean, the coach got fired, other guys started to defect and come to the NHL. Hmm. It's crazy. Hmm.
0: 41 years ago in 1983, Styx released their 11th album, album, Kilroy Was Here, featuring Mr. Roboto.
4: Man, they just got more and more popular and... (laughs) Sucking worse. And suck and worse. <laughs> I hate that song so much. Uh
0: we used to play that whenever we had robot news, we would play the <laughs> intro from <laughs> Mr. Roboto. Thirty seven years ago in nineteen eighty seven, Andy Warhol died of a heart attack at age fifty eight after he had gallbladder surgery. Hmm. He just, I, I
4: couldn't have told you how old that guy was. with No idea. I know. Years. I
0: know. It's because of the hair and mm-hmm. the glasses and stuff. It's like, what's going on here? Thirty-one years ago, in 1993, Radiohead released their debut album, Pablo Honey, featuring their signature song, "Creep." which they, uh, they don't really like that song. Mm-hmm. They don't like to perform it and stuff. And 27 years ago in 1997, scientists in Scotland announced they had succeeded in cloning an adult mammal producing a lamb named Dolly. Ah,
4: That was a big deal. I wonder how many cloned animals we have now, if it's an industry or if it's still a scientific pursuit. Mm, I mean, it's
2: probably pretty easy to do, I would think. I mean, once we've done it, right, yeah. what are
4: the chances we have cloned humans right
2: now? That exist? Yeah. Boy, I I would say probably really small chances.
4: See, I would think better than fifty percent.
2: Really, because I would think that those types of labs are pretty well regulated.
4: See, I not in China.
2: Oh, that's a good point. Or somewhere like mm-hmm. that. I mean, people people clone their dogs.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
4: Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Uh, So we're doing a little mini-series featuring some of our television colleagues, and Mike Bush and I have been... Friends for a long time don't spend a lot of time together, but we've done several events together, and Mike joins us now. Mike, good to talk to you again, my friend.
1: Nice to talk to you, Dave. How are you?
4: Doing well, doing well. Have my youngest uh, freshman at KU, and uh, so Rock Chalk and all that stuff. I know
1: her brother went to Mizzou, so it's just, you know, it's making for spicy oh, that, Christmases. That makes for an interesting Thanksgiving, I'll bet. It certainly does.
4: <laughs> she's the meanest of the Glovers, and she, you know, we looked at IU, and we looked at KU, and she's like, eh, didn't have a great feel. I said, well, you realize that everyone hates people who go to KU, and she goes, I'm in. <laughs> She loves it. She loves being... I like,
1: I like her attitude. She loves
4: being the villain, man. Uh, Wheels told me something about you today I didn't know. I didn't realize uh, what a good baseball player you were back in
1: the day. Uh, oh, no, no. Who told you that? Well, nonsense. it's all the guys that you played with. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I've heard I, the legendary I, stories, Mike. Yeah, no. I mean, I I was okay. I was a pretty good uh, celebrity... So-called celebrity softball player. Uh, we, we had the back in the eighties and nineties. We had the Bush Leaguers from Channel Five, and we'd yeah. go to town to town on weekends. And uh, I would do okay amongst my news uh, colleagues who were maybe not athletically inclined. But that's about <laughs> the,
4: he took advantage like, you humble. <laughs> <He> took advantage <laughs> yeah.
1: of the... I mean, so what you're saying is it. the people that's bragging on you, yeah. you were just uh, telling stories? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. But I did. I did play. You know. I had one year where I wasn't working Sundays. I was working Monday through Friday, and I had one year where I uh, I, I could play in the senior men's baseball league. That's where I heard which, the stories from, which I which I did, and I I loved it so much. It was like being you know a fifty year old. In Little League again, (laughs) it was just a blast.
4: You know, Um, but then
1: you have to play on weekends, and then they move me back to Sundays, and that was it.
4: I played thirty and over, and for some dumb reason, I decided to become the manager. That's the worst thing I've ever done in my (laughs) life.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, nobody needs that kind of headache. Oh, trying to get
4: a bunch of thirty-five-year-olds to a Sunday night game in Soja. Right. (laughs) Well,
2: what's the bigger problem though? Some sometimes the problem is you have like twenty-five guys there. Who sits? Who plays? Oh, that was right, the problem.
1: Right. Was and, everybody, and, every, and anybody's going to show up to one of those things. They want to play. Of course. They're there to play. Yeah, you
4: know? that's right. Yeah. Um, speaking of television personalities, I was playing against Dan Buck. And uh, I was pitching. And I'm not a great pitcher, but I'm sort of akin to Colby. So I was a little difficult to ah. hit the first time you see me. Buck gets so pissed. And he gets up against me and his very first pitch he it hit the wall about 3 feet high i <laughs> didn't know that was possible
1: <laughs> such a, such wow. a, i a hear time. he was a, I hear he is or was a pretty good player Sure I never was. played yeah. against
4: him yeah he's a great athlete yeah. um yeah. so let's i wanted to i wanted to have you on specifically to talk some sports i mean that's what you did and that's yeah. how i grew up knowing you of course you know sports in your shorts and stuff uh what did you make of last year's uh, cardinal season mike
1: It was miserable. And I'm not so happy. I know they've made some improvements, but I'm not so happy with this wishful thinking philosophy. I mean, I, I, I really I really think the issue for their team is if they if they would go out and they won't, but if they would go out and sign Jordan Montgomery. Then all of a sudden, I'm I'm excited about the season coming up. I I, I would be th- th- that that takes them to the next level. Yeah. But w- when w- they're wishful thinking, in that Stephen Math is going to stay healthy all year, and that just hasn't been the case. I hope he does. That just hasn't been the case. They're wishful thinking that Lance Lynn can return to the form of a couple years ago. Um. I, I you know I just I think it's too much wishful thinking, and I'm I'm just not convinced. Now, fortunately, in the Central Division, uh, nobody else has made uh, any improvements either, so <laughs> yeah. they should be able to compete there. But once they, assuming they make the playoffs, and I, I'm not sold on that, but assuming they do, um, I, I don't see them going very far against some of the teams that they'd be playing against.
4: Mike, are you uh, are you a big Mason Wynn guy?
1: I am. I really think he's going to be terrific. Um, and I mean, you have to remember, I mean, first of all, the guy is is a tremendous defensive player. And let's let's remember, you know, the career of Ozzy Smith. When Ozzy uh, first came up, he was he was all field, no hit. Uh, he got some key hits at key times, um, and as he slowly got more experience, he became a tremendous hitter. And uh, obviously, we remember '85 and the home run against the Dodgers. But um, he, you know, he became a Hall of Fame player, and par- partially because of his offense. So I, I know he didn't impress. Uh, offensively last year, but, um, I'm excited about his future. And I think, um, you know, I think he will, he, he's, he has been able to hit in the minors and I think he'll, he'll find his way in the majors eventually.
2: You know, Mike, it's, it's fascinating to me too, that the differences in just how players that are young are treated by everybody, fans, teams, you name it. Like Ozzy had a lot of runway to learn how to hit and become a better yeah. player offensively
1: where right.
2: I feel like there's not as much for the young guys now.
1: No. I mean, if you remember though, um, when I was a kid, I would wait uh, all week to get my sporting news Yeah, and I'd go over the statistics of every team and, and try to learn about all the players. Now it's all that information is delivered to everybody 24-7. So everybody has – um an opinion about about everything and so i i I don't think i think people's patience uh uh there just isn't any i just don't think people have patience anymore.
4: i don't have to tell you guys because of the voice but we're talking to uh mike bush from news channel 5 so mike i know you're not just a st louis sports fan but a a st louis fan uh, a big ambassador for our city how about the story with uh city sc and that success
1: it's been so exciting and uh I, I am not surprised that St. Louis steps up. Uh, it, it It is, uh, you know, it, it, it still breaks my heart that uh, Stan Kroenke treated us like he did uh, and said things about us not being a football town. Because, you know, you can just look at the Battlehawks story and you mm-hmm. can and talk about their tickets, you know, and that's spring football. It's not the same as the NFL. But people get excited about sports in this town and they get behind their teams. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, soccer is in the veins of St. Louis. And so it does not surprise me. But I also got to give credit to the folks uh, who, who run uh, City SC because they've done a tremendous job with that stadium and and uh, and publicizing their team and hiring the right people. Um, but it is very exciting. There's a buzz in the air when there's a game downtown. And, and as someone who works downtown every single day. Uh, you know, unless there is a game, there's not a lot of buzz in downtown, sadly, uh, these days. So it's, it's just great when when uh, when we see all the fans rushing down here to, to see City SC.
4: So, Mike, we grew up in the same era and I grew up here on over on the east side. So I was a big Cardinals fan, but I was also a giant fan of uh, the big red machine and the A's with uh, Vita Blue and those guys. Who are some of your teams yeah. growing up?
1: Well, I was a Cubs fan. So uh, I grew up in Chicago, um, uh, and I thought I'd be a Cubs fan my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I would, uh, I would literally go to games. This is how different life is today. My mother would drop us off, me and my friends, at, at age ten, at the Skokie Swift. Yeah, Bowl there we go. We, yeah, we take the train down to Wrigley Field by ourselves. Yeah, it cost a do- dollar to get into the bleachers, and if we had a le- little extra money. It was a dollar fifty to get into the grandstands. You could get, you know, a hot dog and a coke for maybe a dollar or two more. Um, and I, I did that a lot. I mean, I went to game after game in the summertime. So the Cubs, growing up, was my team, and it was my team until really the nineties. I mean, I had been here ten years, mm-hmm. and not, not that I didn't like the Cardinals, but I was a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, something gets in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in St. Louis and I remember being at a game, I had season tickets to the Cardinals and I was sitting with, with my family and there was the Cubs against the Cardinals. And I said, Holy crap. I'm rooting for the <laughs> Cardinals. What the hell is going on? Here? So do you get, is
4: your family still in Chicago? Do you get crap from them?
1: So everybody's in Chicago, but me, uh, my siblings and, and my mom's still alive and everybody's still a Cubs fan. Um, but I am a Cardinals fan through and through and all my kids are Cardinals fans. And, Um, And even when the Cubs won the World Series back in 2015, it didn't it didn't do anything for me. I mean, I I just it it, it just it is passed me by. But the Cubs. Of my youth, mm-hmm. the 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 teams with that had my favorite player was Glenn Beckert, who was a, a all star second baseman. They had Kessinger and Ernie Banks and Ron Santo and Billy Williams and uh, Ferguson Jenkins. I mean, th- that those teams of my youth are still you know in my heart. Do you
4: miss it, Mike? Just being all sports, just really covering the teams.
1: You know, I, I, there's there's some things I do miss about it. You know, we started a, a show in the 80s called Sports Plus um, that started really as a, as a seven-minute show. I had to convince the general manager at the time. Do you remember the show Love Connection? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Love Connection came on on Sunday nights at 1030 on Channel 5 in the 80s, and it did very well. And so I had to convince him – that it was really important because I was new and I thought it was really important for to to get a name in St. Louis to have a Sunday night sports show. He gave me 7 minutes at the end of the show and then Love Connection came on. Well, people responded to the 7 minutes, so then it became 15 minutes, then it became a half hour, and by the time, you know, I was done, we were doing an hour on Sunday nights. And, and the great thing about doing that show for me was there was an autonomy to it, which you don't get a lot of in television, local television they just kind of left us alone and let us do our thing uh, as long as we stayed within the rules. And, you know, it was a lot of fun to produce and people responded to it or the ratings were good back then. And so uh, I do miss that kind of autonomy. And every, every Monday we would meet to try to figure out what we're going to do for the next Sunday. And, you know, coming through that sports department, you know, we had Trey Wingo who ended up at ESPN <laughs> and mm-hmm. Matt Weiner who ended up at ESPN. We had, Malcolm Briggs, um, and obviously Frank Costamano, who uh, uh, turned out you know one great piece after the other, and it was really uh, just amazing to to work in that environment. So right. I miss that. But I'll tell you something: when you're when you're when you're a sports caster, uh, sometimes it's hard to be a sports fan at the same time because. <laughs> Uh, you are you, you. go to a game and you got to think, well, I got to interview that guy. I got to do this. I got to do this story. I got to do this story. So it's hard to sit back and relax and watch the game. And now I can just go to the games and, and enjoy them, which is which is what I do.
4: So, Mike, you and I have both had <clears throat> more success than we deserve here in St. Louis. I still sometimes it haunts me that I, I never went national. You talked about Trey and, and Weiner and those guys. Did that ever happen to you? Like, ah, oh, I could have been a contender. Are you just so happy to have had the career that you still have in St. Louis.
1: You know, uh th- there was a point in my career where I thought that would be great and I did in in the 90s I did some I did some football for NBC, I did some uh basketball for and and bowling actually for for ESPN and I remember I was I was doing a bowling tournament for ESPN and I was on a Saturday night and I was missing my daughter's play back oh. in St. Louis. I was in Erie, Pennsylvania and I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing? It wasn't, you know, I wasn't making any extra big bucks, but I thought it was my toe to try to get some kind of national profile. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided this, it, 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 I'm, I'm happy in the job. I love St. Louis. I I love the viewers, uh, who have responded to us to channel five. Um, so those, those dreams kind of went away after that. And then, uh, just by happenstance, you know, we do the museal awards every year and that ended up on CBS. Mm-hmm. So, uh, every year I do get a little, uh, a little national, uh, TV exposure with, with, uh, with our museal awards, which is, which is a lot of fun. So, um, but no, I, 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 don't regret it for a minute. Um, not for a minute. And I, you know, Trey doesn't work for ESPN anymore. He's, he's got his own thing. He's doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. He works for Caesars Entertainment. Um, Matt left ESPN. Matt Weiner left ESPN and works for TNT and does NBA TV. And and I, I don't think I would have enjoyed those two things. So yeah. I'm 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 really glad how it worked out.
4: Uh that's Mike Bush, News Channel Five. Really fun interview. I love the story about Wrigley Field. So great. Uh amazing how much things change in one generation. Say hey to Coos and Ann and Scott and all those guys for us.
1: I, I will do. Thanks so much for talking to me, Dave. All right, pal.
4: I am a hurricane. We have so little time here. I know. And there's I have a story about the new KFC chizza. The
0: chizza. The what's
4: up? I know. There's just not enough time to do it justice.
0: We'll try, Dave. I'll try. You it. can't tease us <sighs> like this.
4: It's not fried chicken on a pizza, it's pizza on fried chicken. That's coming out. Pizza oh, and KFC chicken.
2: So the chicken is the crust? Yes.
4: Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So chicken parmesan? Yeah. Fried chicken fillets. (laughs) Yeah. the crust with marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, and pepperoni on the top.
2: Okay. So.
0: Yeah, I'd eat it. Chicken
2: parmesan with pepperoni. Look, Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. I was not like, uh, I I can't be one of those people that's like the double down is the problem with all of America. I love the double down. Really? That shocks me about you. I had a lot of those things. (laughs) So I'm excited about this. This sounds
3: good. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy